We do not have to operate by opinion, but we as Christians should operate under the lordship of Christ. Please hear me out. This is a a central issue in Christianity today. It's not what you think. It's not what I think. It's about what he thinks, the Lord thinks. And in Romans chapter 14, Paul lays out for us this wonderful, uh, wonderful, let me just summarize it by saying, mind your own business kind of text. And one of the things that happens when we're not surrendered to the lordship of Christ in our lives, we begin to look at other people and we begin to nitpick at the little things that they don't do exactly the way that we do it. Have you found yourself ever saying this? Why in the world would he do something like that? This is the way he should do it. You don't know it, but in your humanity, in your flesh, is the slant that everyone that doesn't do exactly like you do are wrong. You have that slant. Now you say, oh, pastor, not me. Not me. I would never be that way. You just ask your spouse. If you want a true assessment, ask your spouse. The the Apostle Paul takes us and he tells us, listen, we are not ordinary, run-of-the-mill, average people. you got to get rid of that in Christianity. We belong to the Lord. We are called. We're justified. We're sanctified. We're going to be glorified. We are Christ's followers. We are children of the living God. We are called to a higher standard. We don't operate the way the world operates. We walk in opposition to the world. Yet in our churches, we are taking on more and more of the world. Someone has once said, a a ship doesn't sink because it's in the water. It sinks because the water is in it. And we're taking on more of the water of the world rather than the water of the word. And the Apostle Paul says, because of the gospel, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Because of the gospel, you don't operate the old way. There's a new way. And that's what that text is about this morning. We don't operate on opinion. We operate under the lordship of Christ. That's the central issue. And when you and I don't do something the way Christ says we should do it, or his word says we should do it, then we are rebellious. No victim mentality here. It's accountability. When we're not surrendered to the lordship of Christ, we are not right. The Apostle Paul writes in verse 1 of Romans chapter 14, Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. Now this, this passage of scripture, I, I've got another, ver- another chapter up there if we can. Could you pull that up for me, another version? As for the one who is weak in the faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. That's the English Standard Version. Now why would I put that up there? Because it actually... It actually, we talk about doubt, disputes over doubtful things. We have no idea what he's talking about. But that word doubtful has the idea 
of thinking of a man or debating with himself. It's that, it's that opinion. And that's why the ESV translates it opinion. So what the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, when you have a weaker brother or sister in Christ, you welcome him, but you don't welcome him for the point of arguing over opinions. Why? Why would he say that? I'll tell you in just a moment. He then gives us a couple of examples. Look at verse 2. For one believes that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Now you read this verse and you say, what in the world is he talking about? Well, culturally speaking, we know historically that they would take animals and they would sacrifice them up to gods, pagan gods, idols. Some of the meat they didn't use, they would sell in the market for a reduced price and People, being uh, very frugal, might buy that for reduced price and eat it, and it wouldn't bother their conscience. Then on the other hand, there were those who were saved out of idolatry. They were new Christians, and they were sensitive. They didn't know that idols mean nothing, and, and they didn't know they worshipped them, and they knew that they had been set free from that. And so they looked at that as sin, and they said, how could I eat something like that when I used to worship a portion of it? And so they were weak in that. And Paul says, listen... If you, you may believe that you can eat all these things, but this one here, he only eats vegetables because of those meats that were offered to idols, and he was delivered from that. And so now you got these two people, you got two different opinions. One guy says, man, bacon, bring it on. And then the other guy says, oh, no, I can't eat that. That's filthy. And then the guy looked at him, well, you're crazy. It's bacon. It's good. No, you're crazy. You shouldn't eat meat that's been offered to idols. And now we got a problem in the church. We can't move on. We're stuck on these elementary things. And Paul says, verse 3, Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. you crazy, man. You don't eat bacon. What's wrong with you? Get over that. You're just being immature. No. Paul says, essentially, mind your own business. Eat all the bacon you want, but leave him alone. Whether he eats bacon or doesn't eat bacon... It's not your problem. It's not your problem if someone wears a tie or doesn't wear a tie. What they do is not your concern. Well, so-and-so listens to Caleb. So What does that have to do with anything? And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. So look at verse 4. Here it is. Here's the question. Who are you? Who are you? Are you the standard that gets to determine that everybody has to think like you think? Everybody has to act like you act. Who are you? You see, this issue is not around doctrine. This issue is not around Bible principles teaching. This issue is about opinions that do not matter. So who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. The one that eats bacon, he's accountable to his master, the Lord. And the one that doesn't eat bacon, he's accountable to his master. 
I can't believe someone wore shorts to church. Preacher, you got to tell them. You got to tell them. Tell them what? This is ridiculous. See, we argue over these things. And if everybody would just, as my brother says, the famous theologian, Harry Mayhew, and I quote, you watch your bobber, I'll watch mine. The only problem with that is when I'm fishing with him, his bobber's more active than my bobber. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Oh, you don't get it. How about this? One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. I have some pastor friends who, well, they're not friends. I like to call them friends, but they don't know who I am. But they, they pastor large churches, so I just call them my friends. Um, but... They have service on Saturday evening and a Sunday morning. And there's some Baptists that run them through the coals because they're not having Sunday night church. Why does it bother you what they do in their church? Who are you, I ask? He says, let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. This is between you and the Lord, not you and whatever someone else is doing. If you ask people who visit churches, and they visit churches and they're unchurched and they're unsaved, they will tell you that they don't know the real issues of Christianity. All they know is how church people act. I was told there's a church in the area, a young lady came to be saved. This came from her mouth, a testimony. I would not tell the church. She said, I had never been in church. I came to church. I heard the gospel. I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. All this is new. I don't know what in the world to do. And the second service I came to church, a lady pulled her to the side and said, Now listen, you've been coming to this church long enough to know. You need to know this. You must wear a dress in this church. She left. And the question I would ask that lady is, who are you? Who are you? Who made you Lord? Because isn't that the issue? Whoever's in control gets to set the standard. And who's in control? Not the pastor, not the deacons, but the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 6. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. There are people who worship on Saturday night and they are worshiping the Lord. They are in love with the Lord and they go on Saturday nights and they worship the Lord and they are growing in the relationship with the Lord and it's all about Him. Who are you to say they can't go on Saturday night? He who eats to the Lord... For he gives God thanks, and he who does not eat to the Lord, he does not eat and gives God thanks. So I thank God before I slam that bacon. Can I get an amen? And sometimes I thank him so good, I thank him afterwards. Yeah, slam. 
The point is, Paul lays out here, it's never my opinion over your opinion. It's always between me and the Lord. I give thanks for the Lord. I eat it. It doesn't bother me. Why am I eating bacon? Why am I saying bacon? Because Jews, you know, don't eat pork. When I went to Israel, I couldn't find bacon anywhere. And, you know, I was too scared to ask him, hey, you got any back alleys that got bacon in there, you know? you know? Hey, meet me in the back. I got some applewood smoked bacon back here, you know? But uh, but listen to this. Here it is. Verse 7 and 8. This is so important. And 9, listen to these verses. For none of us lives to himself and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. Do you know that the Bible teaches that when you believed in Jesus Christ, He purchased you with His blood. When you believed in Him, you now belong to Him. You belong to Him. If we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's, indicating possession. We are the Lord's. Now watch this. Verse 9. Here it is. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Please hear me out. This is a lordship issue. If you are walking around getting on everybody, picking on everybody, you are not surrendered to the lordship of Christ. How much time do you spend, you that would go, and I'm not saying it's anyone in here, I'm looking at my Bible so no one thinks I'm looking at them, but you go around you start picking on everybody. How much time do you spend before the Lord examining yourself, before the Lord asking Him to reveal in you something that might not be right with Him? This is a lordship issue, and because of the gospel, we are surrendered to the lordship of Christ. We walk in the newness of life. We don't operate on opinions. Opinions mean nothing in the family of God. What matters is the bedrock fact of the scriptures. That's what matters. And whether or not we are walking in accordance to them. Verse 10, but why do you judge your brother or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written... As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. When you stand before Jesus, you're not going to say, so-and-so didn't wear a tie, so-and-so didn't do this, so-and-so didn't do that. You're going to stand before the Lord accountable to Him for what you have done as in surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We wonder why people don't act like we do or don't look like we do or talk like we do. Reminds me of that commercial, that TV commercial. And they're helping people not turn out like their parents. And we all see it. We all see it. Yeah, my wife will do that every once in a while. I'll be going. She'll be like, we all see it. We all see it. How many people have been turned off to the cause of Christ because maybe they look a little different? Maybe they're covered in tattoos and we as church members think, wow, hmm, hmm. How are they going to make it here in our church? Are you kidding me? Who are you? 
you surrender yourself to the Lordship of Christ. They might have tattoos on the outside, but it sounds like you got tattoos on the inside. We're forgetting that we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You see, I think this is all, the devil loves this. He loves division. We live in the most divisive, well, not really. There was division all the way. It's just heightened because of the internet and, and all that. There's always been division. But we are such a divided nation. I mean, everything. Everything is a fight. A television today, what do they call it, this new, uh, what do they call it, uh, real TV, what do they call it, I don't think they got a name for it, it's stupid, but um, it's not real. They always want to incite a fight. There's always a fight. There's always drama. There's always something stupid over an opinion. I, mean, I love golf, and they start a new golf league, and all you hear about is the, the people leaving this golf league, and they're fighting back and forth, and I'm like, who cares? Just play golf. And we got all this going on in the churches. We're doing this. I'm of Paul. I'm of Paulus. You know, who cares? We need to be of Christ. We need to surrender to the Lordship of Christ, realizing, listen, I'm, I'm going to surrender to the Lordship of Christ because I am going to stand accountable at, before him of whether or not I was surrendered to him and to his lordship. And the devil uses little nitpicking to keep us from focused on surrendering to the lordship of Christ. Peter couldn't help himself. Jesus, after he restored him, he said, Peter, you know, when you're old, someone's going to carry you away. He was talking about his death. And Peter looks around, he looks at John, and he says, well, 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 what about him, Lord? And the Lord says, I'm not going to quote what he says. I'm going to give you the hillbilly version. You mind your own business. You mind your own business. What is it to you, Peter? What does it matter? What does it matter what I'm going to do with John? Guys, we've got to get to the place in our life where we understand and we realize that this is not about what you think, what I think, or what anyone else thinks. It's about what Christ thinks. When Christ returns, it's not what you think of him. It's what he thinks of you. When you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and you give an account of yourself. It's not what you think of him, it's what he thinks of you. Your opinion doesn't matter. Somebody please tell society, nobody cares about your opinion. We ought to care about the facts of the word of God and we ought to care about people and Paul tells us this he says listen who do you think you are when you go nitpicking I'm not talking about doctrinal stuff how do we deal with someone who's in doctrinal error the Bible says if a brother be overtaken with a fault we have someone who's caught in sin someone who's living immorally we know that what do we do we out of the spirit of love and meekness we go to that person Galatians 6 1 if a brother be overtaken in a, in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. That's not what he's talking about. There's provisions for when our brother's going erring. Erring. I can't say it. You know what I'm trying to say. There's provisions in the scripture for that. The scripture teaches us what to do. He's talking about things that are opinion-based that do not matter. So if you like meat, chomp away. If you don't like meat, don't eat it. But don't try to force your 
brother or sister to be like you. Don't teach your brother or sister ignorant. And I'm just going to say it. Back when we had all this pandemic going on, whether you get the shot or not is none of my business. Whether you like it or not is none of my business. If you want it, get it. If you don't, don't get it. But I really don't care what you think about it. And if you, uh, and if, and, 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 you know, if you want to vote for one president, vote for the other president. I don't care. I'm not going to make you feel stupid because of an opinion. It doesn't matter. You're my brother and sister in Christ. This is important. You, I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. I got enough mess of my own. I don't need help from someone else. And when I stand before him, I'm going to stand by myself. Nobody's going to be there and say, well, on, on his behalf, he was having a bad day. Christianity is not opinion-driven. Please hear me out. It's not opinion-driven. Christianity is not. Christianity is a lordship issue. Am I surrendered to the lordship of Christ? And what I think in our churches we need more is we need more lordship of Christ. I need more lordship of Christ in my life. Because sometimes I'm just goofy on. And you think, what in the world would you think? I don't know. It's, I can't figure it out. But it doesn't matter. I'm not going to quarrel over these opinions. I'm going to love you. Because whether I live or whether I die, I live to the Lord. I die to the Lord. My life in life and death, my life now only matters in Christ. It only matters in Christ, guys. And I know you all are this way. I think we're above average. I don't hear a lot of nitpicking, but it probably goes on. But I know that sometimes I struggle when I have these thoughts. For instance, Monday's my day off. Monday morning, tomorrow morning, Lord willing, if it's not raining, I'm going to go out to the golf course. And I was thinking the other day, Lord, doesn't anybody work anymore? And here I am at the golf course asking, Lord, does anybody else not work? I'm, my flesh, I'm telling you, I know my flesh, guys. And this message was important to me because I need it. I need less of Kenny Eastep. I need more of Christ. <laughs> the same day I saw a guy posting, he, his kids go to Wheelersburg, and he was sitting in the drop-off line. He said, doesn't anybody ride the bus anymore? I said, hello, your kid's not riding the bus. <laughs> We're that way. It, it's in all of us. It's in all of us. And you know what, guys? Love really does win. You know, the Bible teaches us that it's the love of Christ that constrains us. The more we love Jesus and the closer we get to Jesus, these little things don't bother us. You know what I began to under, I, I'm not learned it, I'm still struggling with it, I apologize. I wish I could sit up here and say I'm the example, I'm not the example, please don't follow me. But I am coming to expect the world to act like the world. What shocks me is when I act like the world. That's what really shocks me. And I'm not saying you, I'm saying me. When I read this, I could very easily see me in here saying, 
Why don't you eat meat? That's ridiculous. Hey, Eugene won't eat meat. It's his birthday, and he won't eat meat. Happy birthday, brother. Um, I could see myself doing that. But that doesn't please Jesus Christ. You know what would please Jesus Christ? If I would surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and I would say this, Lord, help me. Help me to see as you see. Help me to love people. To leave people alone unless I'm trying to help them biblically. Help me, Lord, to focus on my relationship with you and being right with you daily and surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You know why? Look at verse 12. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Friend, you're going to stand before Jesus Christ one day and you're going to give an account of what you've done. Now listen to me. Please listen to me. We have Americanized Jesus. We have Americanized God. We have taken away his divinity. We've, we've uh, humanized him. We've deified humans. We lose sight of the glory of God. Let me tell you something. When you see the resurrected Christ, the glorified Christ, when you see him and your faith ends in sight, this will be a big deal. It will be a big deal. Not a casual thing that we're here on earth. We give him the Sunday morning or whatever. I'm talking about John when he saw him on the Isle of Patmos felt his feet as though he were dead. I'm talking about the magnificent, glorious, majestic Jesus Christ. King of kings. Lord of lords. At the very mention of his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus is Lord. This is a big deal when we stand before him. All that we've done since we've been saved for a reward or a loss of reward, it will matter. How we've treated people, it will matter. You are Christ's servant. He is your Lord. You will stand before him. You are accountable to him. What matters is what he says in his word not what I think up here our world is messed up you know why we're messed up because we value opinions over facts people can identify as animals that's the stupidest thing in the world stupid I mean stupid why because it's an opinion Oh, but you don't know their psyche. I'll tell their psyche it's off, Jack. <laughs> and you don't have to have a psychology degree to understand that. America's gone crazy because of opinions. Crazy. You can't speak the truth. I mean, they don't know whether a man, they don't know whether a woman. That is an opinion. It's not factual based. The Word of God settled it. 
And I mean, you can move out in a hundred different directions from there. And I'm just telling you the God's honest truth, guys. Listen to me. Please, hear me out. All of this is carefully designed by the enemy to distract you from the lordship of Christ. Because the lordship of Christ is what matters. We don't, we don't witness like we used to because we're opinionated on everything else. What really matters? It matters. The gospel matters. Of whether a man or a woman, boy or girl, has believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, that matters. So Paul says this. Who are you? I'll tell you who you are. You're the servant of the Most High God. You're the servant of the Most Majestic one and only, Lord Jesus Christ. He is your Lord, and you will stand before Him because you are accountable to Him. That's the real issue. If we surrender to the Lordship of Christ, all this other nonsense will take care of itself. And I've asked God to help me because I need help because I get in the flesh and I say stupid things, I do stupid things, and I need desperately to surrender to the Lordship of Christ. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.22, To the weak, I became as the weak. Strong, I became as strong. Why? That I might, by all means, I might win some. I might win some. What is he talking about? He's talking about winning to the Lord Jesus Christ. What our dear brother does when he has a Bible study over there. And he, it's evangelistic in nature. He takes him to the scripture, shares the gospel, and then disciples him from there. What our sister does there. It's what we try to do in Sunday school. It's what we try to do here. And it's what matters. But the devil wants us divided. He wants us, he wants us arguing over opinions rather than surrendering to the lordship of Christ. Would you bow your heads with me? Just for a moment, can I ask you this?